Sixite shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody. This is Howard Fox for Randy Ford. This is the Success Insight Podcast. And I want to welcome you today for a very interesting episode. Um, as many of you know, or perhaps you don't know, uh, I'm a big fan of the, the platform LinkedIn, and it is a platform for professionals like ourselves to essentially network and network professionally. It's an opportunity to present ourselves, our brand, create content, and I'm very excited today to introduce you to a, a colleague of mine all the way from Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to David Petherick, otherwise known as Dr. LinkedIn. David, welcome to the Success Insight Podcast. Thank you very much, Howard. Great to be here, and uh, thanks for the invitation. I, I certainly appreciate it. I love the, the, the moniker Dr. LinkedIn, and that is also your website as well, Dr. LinkedIn. How did this moniker come about? Well, it was actually something I, I, I was struggling against it for a while. Um, I've been writing LinkedIn profiles since, uh, well, quite some time ago, since 2006, in fact, when uh, I, I was introduced to the platform in 2005, and then uh, just towards the end of the year. And then uh, a colleague of mine was in touch to say he was struggling to kind of write, you know, the story of what he did and get it across to people. He just wasn't quite happy with it. So he said, you know, you're good at writing. You can help me with that. Because, you know, I, I was mainly doing copywriting at that time. And um, that's where it started. I wrote or rewrote his profile for him. And a couple of weeks later, uh, he recommended me to someone else. And I basically invented the service at that point. Um, I was also doing, doing a similar thing for some other platforms at the same time. Uh, but I quickly focused in on LinkedIn. And that was the, the main area of it. But as I was saying, the, the, the kind of fight against the, the Dr. LinkedIn was simply me thinking rather foolishly. It was a little bit cheesy. It was a little bit kind of uh, tacky, you know, Dr. LinkedIn. And, uh, but I, I had a chat with uh, a colleague who's actually based in the UK as well. And he basically said to me, Dave, David, you know, you're missing a big opportunity here. If you're a doctor, then, you know, you can write prescriptions. You can perform surgery. You could have, you know, other specialists and other doctors. You could have, you know, you could have nurses. You know, when he said nurses, that was, you know, that, that you know, got my attention all of a sudden. I was thinking, hey, you know, it'd be quite nice to have lots of nurses around. I took a look around the kind of landscape of what other people were doing on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, how they were packaging themselves. And, you know, Dr. LinkedIn was clear blue ocean, really. And I think one of the things that struck me straight away was the fact that it, there's a great simplicity to it, really. You know, you say doctor and you say LinkedIn. You understand what a doctor does. A lot of people now understand what LinkedIn does or what its potential is. So they understand that, you know, you come to a doctor for help, for advice, for, you know, if something's not quite right, you'll say, hey, doctor, you know, maybe you can help me with this. So that's where the name started from was, you know, it was in the back of my mind for a while, but I was fighting against it, thinking that doesn't quite work. It's a but, um, you know, last week I was in Ireland in Cork talking on stage with a white coat and a stethoscope. And, uh, you know, people get it. They understand it quite clearly. And uh, 
the, the, the doctor idea um, runs through all sorts of different services that I can provide, whether it's just helping with a profile or whether it's general advice in terms of how to approach LinkedIn. You know, people trust doctors and um, that's, you know, it's stuck since then, since about a year and a half, two years ago now, when I, when I basically set up everything with a domain name, the website, and started to use that as my overriding brand. And uh, it's fun. People understand it. They, they, they like it. And um, it opens doors for me. You know, that's a wonderful story. And I, I truly appreciate the, you know, what, what you've shared. I mean, when, I, when you and I first met, I, I don't recall if it was because of the Dr. LinkedIn. Uh, I definitely recognized you as one of the, and I, I dare I say, leading contributors and thoughts around what is LinkedIn's potential? How should we be using? How do we use it uh, wisely, appropriately, and get the full potential out of LinkedIn? So, having the doctor LinkedIn, that what goes through my head is here's your prescription. So, we, you know, we look at LinkedIn profiles. We talk to our clients about what their goals and objectives are, uh, what their struggles are, and then we literally can write them a prescription. So, I, I love how you're using that. I, I'm curious, um, you had mentioned, you know, you had been doing some other copywriting. Had the, the proficiency with writing that certainly has informed your success as Dr. LinkedIn, what other writing had you done that really kind of helped you to, to, to somewhat, I don't know, ease into this or to move into this space? Because it's a, it's a very broad space. People do a lot of different things but you're able to also assist them in, in communicating what their brand is. I think almost everything since I, I, you know, I started writing when I was interested in, in kind of the process of writing and when I was at school and um, I went to university in Edinburgh and I was studying English literature and language. And I also got very interested in writing for the student newspaper, which was a, it was a weekly production. It was uh, 24 pages, as far as I recall. And um, I also was quite useful in that I could also take photographs so they wouldn't have to send a separate photographer and journalist to cover things. I, you know, I came as a two-in-one package, as it were. I enjoyed doing that a great deal. And the essence of it, still is about telling stories you know finding out the facts distilling it down and then deciding what's the headline what's most interesting how do we illustrate this visually and so the process of you know writing a story for a, a student newspaper isn't radically different from the process of writing a profile uh, you've just got to think about editing it down focusing on the most important factors and telling the story in a way that i suppose makes your uh, you know the subjects um, understandable or legible. And also you've got some sympathy for the people that you're writing about. Um, certainly I do, you know, when I'm writing profiles because they're often in a situation where they're, they're trying to change something. They're maybe trying to get a, a new position. Um, and they, you know, they recognize that sometimes they're not the best person to write about themselves. You know, they may be very good at writing and they may be very good at what they do professionally they suddenly have a mental block when it comes to thinking, how do I describe myself? And it's that point at which they realize that, that, that they recognize that, yeah, maybe some professional help would be useful. I also was writing um, a lot of 
let's say, advertising material. Uh, when I left university, I, I started my own uh, little agency, in effect, doing a lot of copywriting. A lot of it at that time was for print. This was in the uh, kind of late 80s. So, you know, we hadn't really heard of the internet or websites. That was still somewhere away. But what people wanted to do was to um, present themselves again in the same professional manner and come across, uh, bring across the values of their business or them individually. It's just that the medium was slightly different. It was, it was going into print in those days. And obviously that, you know, has changed and evolved since then. Um, I actually started writing uh, coding websites in 1996 when most people really didn't know what a website was. They hadn't really heard of it. It was, it was a novelty, extreme novelty. And these were the days where, you know, finding stuff on the internet, there was no Google. There were things like Yahoo and there were things like AltaVista and various other different search engines, which, you know, a lot of them have uh, gone the way of the dodo since then. Right. But um, the landscape changed. And I realized that having the technical skill of being able to create websites was fine. It was in demand. You know, I, I, I made a good living for a couple of years creating websites where I wasn't really controlling the content, but I was just giving them a framework into which they could, you know, put their words or images. But I realized that in order for a website to do its job properly, the element of storytelling and the elements of editing were, were still just as important. What I was doing evolved more as time went on into helping people decide what goes where, what to prioritize, uh, and then, you know, helping them to actually write it effectively. Because writing for a website is it's not radically different from anything else, but you have to consider things like search engines. You know, in other words, you, you, you know, you, what do you put in your headline so that the search engine can find that? And how do you structure it technically? And so I suppose evolving that into a situation where, you know, look at LinkedIn as a, you know, an online tool, it has the same um, similarities in terms of, yes, you've got to write a good story, you've got to make it interesting, and you've got to edit down. But also you've got to think about it technically to some extent in terms of the structure, the headline, the, the job titles, the, the way that you describe things in certain ways, the skills that you put in, and the priorities that you give information. So it's kind of you know, been an evolution, but it's, uh, it, it's just been... Um, the same process has always applied from my point of view of just being interested in telling a good story. Mm -hmm. And the technical medium has just evolved from being a print newspaper to being, you know, a kind of static website where you didn't have any social media at all. And then now it's moved along into a completely different beast. It's evolved so quickly since, you know, I remember I was looking through some back images of what the LinkedIn site used to, the website used to look like. And in 2005, 2006, I think it was, the, the image of LinkedIn, they had the logo, it was still there, but um, they, they were advertising the fact that you could reach over 5.5 million professionals, which at the time it was like, hey, look, all these people I can reach online, fantastic. But, you know, you switch to 2019, you've got more than 610 million professionals on LinkedIn. And so, growing. You know, absolutely growing it. Uh, I think the, the rate is still roughly two people a second. Since we started this uh, conversation, a lot of people have joined LinkedIn. Right. Um, and one of the things about LinkedIn that people find slightly difficult is the it doesn't really come with an instruction manual. They understand how to fill out certain pieces of information. They're prompted to do that. 
but one of the uh, difficulties people have is, you know, they create a profile, it's out there, they think that's great, I've got a nice photograph, I've got a good profile, and then nothing happens. You know, I'm curious, you're bringing up a point that, that we see here, especially with individuals who are going through transition or looking for a job, they've lost their job, they need a job, and and you also described the, the rate of growth of LinkedIn. It's now well over, you know, 600 million. Why, from your perspective, why do people create a LinkedIn profile? I think, well, one of the most why important should factors. Or why should they? Yeah, why should you? Well, I, I, I have a, a kind of three, three strands to what I always tell people about LinkedIn. Is the first one is you need to be visible. Um, and online, in terms of visibility, uh, you know, people are going to Google you, or you know, they maybe use other search engines. They might they might Bing you. Interestingly, Bing is actually becoming more useful as a search tool for people, because Bing is owned by Microsoft, and guess what? Microsoft own LinkedIn, and Bing is able to surface more data about what's inside a LinkedIn profile. I have seen some tests where you see a lot more information. Um, appearing on a profile just by you know putting in someone's name if people meet you or if they do an interview with you or if you apply for 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 a job you know you, you can have a, a you know a cell number or you can have an email address but even if you don't add your linkedin profile address it's some pretty likely and it's more prevalent perhaps in the us than it is in other countries uh, certainly it's more prevalent than in the uk but, you know, they're going to Google you. They're going to find out, you know, let's find out a little bit more about this person. And they're probably going to come across your LinkedIn profile if you've created a LinkedIn profile. And what you've got the ability to do with a LinkedIn profile is go beyond what's on your resume or on your CV. You can tell more of a story. You can, you know, put pictures there. You can go into more detail and more depth than you need to do it or you can do in, you know, a couple of sheets of A4 paper. You know, the, the resume is constrained by a need for brevity. You've got to convey the main facts about yourself. But with LinkedIn, you've got the opportunity to basically tell a longer story and to get more detailed about certain aspects of what you've done. And one of the key um, factors about the uh, the way that you can use LinkedIn is that you you, you can say things in a different way there there's a kind of slightly stunted language that seems to have become the norm for a resume where you'll have lots of bullet points and you'll have short staccato sentences and you'll have active verbs and it doesn't always translate very well into what you see on linkedin and i usually advise people to differentiate between a resume and linkedin in a very simple way of just thinking about it as a completely different function that's function, very, good, very good advice. What, what I'm trying to say to you is that the, the function of your resume is to describe your suitability for a role. And the function of LinkedIn is to expand upon that. And what you can do, because it's a social network, and you can have recommendations, you can have people recommend, you know, endorsing you for skills, you get an element of social proof. So, you know, a resume pops up and you think, this guy looks great. He's got all these, yeah, he's got this qualification. He's done that. He's worked here. And then they go to the LinkedIn profile and they see that you've got, you know, 20 recommendations for a role. That you've got 
lots of endorsements for all the skills that you say you have that are in your resume. So there's an alignment there and there's a sort of confirmation. So people go to your LinkedIn profile for, you know, in a recruitment way, they, they'll look at it for more information, for confirmation of saying, you know, is this person who they say they are and, you know, do, do they actually stack up? So they get social proof from LinkedIn. The other thing that you get from LinkedIn is obviously something you can never have on a resume is people can see what your network is like and they can also see what your interaction with other people is like. You know, they can go and see your activity on LinkedIn. If there's no activity, well, you know, that can be seen as a negative thing. Mm -hmm. In other words, you're, you're not involved, you're not engaged. But if you've written articles that demonstrate your area of expertise and if you've interacted with people and give them supportive comments and, and again, without pushing your, yourself down their throats or, you know, your, your product, if you're in a sort of sales role in a company, uh, you're helping people and you're showing people that, you know, you empathize with their concerns. Um, and so people get a much closer indication from looking at your LinkedIn profile and your activity on LinkedIn of just what kind of person you are. And again, if it's a hiring situation, it helps them to make that decision. There's a lower risk to say, well, I've checked out the LinkedIn profile and everything looks good there, everything looks positive, let's, you know, let's talk to him, let's have him in and let's have a chat. Whereas if they see a profile where there's very little information, there's no photograph or a, a bad photograph, and it doesn't seem as if they've taken much care about it, even if you've got a great resume, that's going to count in a negative way. You know, you also are bringing up an important point. We see here still in the U.S., that individuals don't have a LinkedIn profile. And I, I, my sense is, and, and I hear this at, at engagements and also anecdotally, if I am recruiting for a position and the candidate doesn't have a LinkedIn profile, there yeah. is a good probability that person is going to get passed over uh, because the, the recruiters, the, the, the managers are looking at your your social presence, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and being the professional site that it is, not having it can be a, a detriment, uh, almost, as, almost as detrimental as having a profile, but nothing substantive there for the, uh, the recruiter, the manager to corroborate. Absolutely, and uh, you know that's not just true in the US, it's certainly the case in the UK quite a number of organizations now are recruiting on LinkedIn and they're using, you know, the very useful feature where you can simply click to apply. And rather than, you know, uploading a resume, it, it will essentially, it will send your profile to the recruiter so that, you know, your, your, your LinkedIn profile becomes your resume. Um, and it may be the case with some companies that they only recruit on LinkedIn. So if you're not on LinkedIn, you're not going to get hired. Full stop. You know, it just won't happen because you're not there. Very much. That's very true. Very true. I am curious, you know, given the, you know, your, your evolution uh, from, you know, the, the, the advertising, the copywriting, now it's the proficiency with LinkedIn. You've worked with many clients over the years. And I'm, what I love to hear from you is perhaps uh, an anecdote or two about some of the success stories uh, that you've had with your clients. What were their struggles and how did you help them to resolve 
why they came to you and through the use of using LinkedIn. Okay. Um, well, to give one example, um, the problem they had was that they were very busy and they were very successful and therefore they'd never really had time to look at their LinkedIn profile. But when they'd reached a certain point in their career and they'd sold a few businesses, they, they'd exited successfully from them and they were looking for new things to do. Um, and one of the things that they were interested in doing was doing more uh, talking at conferences and events. And they found me on LinkedIn. You know, that's, that's the channel where most people tend to find me. I, I, I create a lot of content on LinkedIn, a lot of articles and, uh, I, I just try to help people and I demonstrate my knowledge by giving away my knowledge for free. You know, that's the, uh, that's the secret sales source that I have. So people see it, they think, yeah, this guy seems to know what he's talking about. Let me set up a call and we'll take it from there. But just this, this one individual had a specific need and that he just said, well, what's on my profile doesn't really, it tells the story of what I've done, but it doesn't tell the story of what I want to do next. So essentially, we, we sat down, we, we, we did this by Skype rather than face-to-face because -face he was, uh, he was in, uh, in another country. But we identified the things he was able to talk about, and they were quite broad, and he had a great deal of expertise. Um, and essentially, we just created a, a new role for him. Uh, we created a, a company page, which was actually just himself. There's, there's no need for it to be a, a, you know, a, an LCC or a a corporation you can create a company page for yourself as an individual on linkedin and under that heading of the, the company we then made him an employee of himself and we added details of the topics that he would speak about so we said you know speaker on topic x y and z and we talked about that specific area that he had expertise in he'd done some you know a few speaking gigs um and and though it wasn't the main focus of what he wanted to do. He realized that it was really good fun and it, it was very interesting for him. And, you know, he enjoyed it. It was as simple as that. So he wanted to do more of it. So we took some quotes from some people who, you know, had him speaking, added that to the profile. And I think it was about two or three weeks after we made the changes to the profile and made it live. So he, he, he dropped me a line through LinkedIn and said, I've just been asked to speak at three more events. You know, it's working. That's People phenomenal. See, you know, they, they see it. We just simply made some simple changes to the profile and changed the language, changed the focus of it, and structurally made a slight change by adding the company page. And the result was he got what he wanted from LinkedIn. He got more of these invitations to speak, and he got more opportunities to tell his story and, you know, essentially enjoy it. Coincidentally, that, that same individual put me in touch with a number of other people. And a couple of the people that he put me in touch with in order to help them with their profile were broadly in the same situation in that they were looking for a new position. You know, they'd been working for a few years with organizations where, you know, they weren't unhappy, but they were, you know, they, they thought they could do more. They thought they were maybe worth more and that they, you know, they wanted to expand their horizons a little bit, maybe work for slightly larger organizations. Um, and so in both of these cases, it was the same process where we, we had an interview by Skype or by Zoom. And I basically asked them questions to find out more about what they wanted to do, looked at their skill set, looked at their past experience, looked at some of the material that they used in their, their resume or CV, as they tend to call them in the, uh, in the UK. And 
wrote their profiles for them. And it was only actually about three or four months after I'd written them that I heard, I mean, I, I heard from one of them very quickly and said, hey, just got hired. And, you know, it's done the job that we wanted it to do. He was hired by his, you know, I, I can't mention any names, but, you know, the, the dream company in the tech sphere hired him. And the other individual who was recommended to me from, you know, the, the first guy who was looking to do more speaking, three or four months later, I heard that, the, you know, the, the news from him was actually in a tweet that he put out. And his tweet said, hey, David's a genius. These two people got 40% more money and got hired as a result of him fixing their LinkedIn profile. I recommend David. And, um, you know, it was a slightly unconventional way to, to find out the news, you know, because it's not always the case that people will disclose what their salary rises have been. But, you know, I was able to give people a significant raise in their income and have them working for companies that they, they really were, you know, aiming to work for. And essentially all I'd done was listen to their story, rewrite it for them and put it out there. Obviously the rest of the, you know, the work is up to them to, to get that position, to do the interview, to, you know, to go through that whole process. You know, those are some examples where the needs were different, but the results were positive and came through, you know, relatively quickly as well. And it's, you know, very satisfying to do that kind of work. Most definitely. It's very, very satisfying. And I am curious, uh, you know, in, in 2019, we're just entering their second quarter. I mean, we probably could go on and on about how LinkedIn is going to evolve, but I'm curious how you're going to evolve. Have your ideal clients, your, tar your target customers, your audience, is that changing or is it, you know, anybody that, that comes to you, that finds you, that expresses an interest and they need help or do you, are you perhaps changing the, that, that formula a little bit or that recipe a little bit? Yeah, it, it has evolved and changed over time. Uh, I mean, LinkedIn was a, a hugely different beast in you know, 2006 than it is in 2019. Um, and one, one thing I have found even in the last, uh, maybe the last six months or so is that rather than having to write everything from scratch and doing uh, what I call the, uh, the full bypass of a, of a profile where you've really got to pull it apart and, and, and reconstruct it from the ground up. You've got those medical terms down pat, I can tell. Yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, you know, the full profile bypass is, is you know, major surgery, but it's becoming less and less necessary because people are acquiring the knowledge and they're looking at other people's profile. They're, they're working it out for themselves. They're kind of, you know, they're going on the internet and Googling it like people do with for medical advice. You don't always get the best medical advice using Google, I, I hasten to add, but you'll find out useful things that you can apply yourself. And so what I've found has been more and more the case is that I'm, I'm, I'm doing microsurgery. You know, I'm just doing a, a little bit of a tweak to the headline, uh, rewrite the summary, maybe just pay some attention to the way that some of the text is, is put together and the language, the tone is, you know, sometimes something that needs to be worked on, especially when someone's trying to transition maybe from one industry to another. You, you've got to talk about transferable skills. But the, the nature of it has become that there are, there, there's more small surgery to be done, um, just simple, quick fixes rather than extended major 
fixes or, or major changes to, to what people have on their profile. And in terms of the, let's say, the, the type of customer, um, I mean, it's, it's great for me because there's huge variety. I, I don't work in any one particular sector or any one particular industry, even in one particular geographical area. You know, I, 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 the last count, it was 27 countries. That's the, the number of different countries I've, I've produced profiles for people who are you know, living in those countries. But one thing that has evolved slightly is that I'm now asked more often to help a company with its approach to LinkedIn rather than just an individual. And often the help will actually involve coaching or training individuals within that company in order to present them better on LinkedIn. So that they may all have little fixes for their profiles, or it may be that there will be a need for some consistency so that all the people, or maybe you know, the, the, the key people in a company are all talking the same language and, and have an alignment with everyone else's profile, you know, a bit of common text sometimes so that everyone gets the same message no matter who they're viewing within the company. And sometimes, you know, in, in, in kind of small to medium organizations, I've been asked to rewrite everyone's profile. And then they've, they've brought in a photographer and they've done a whole, a whole lot of headshots. And then they'll relaunch a company page. Um, everyone in the company will look good because they'll all have great headshots. And they'll all have an alignment in terms of the industry they're in. I, I came across a client recently who had uh, about... 40 people working for them and they were they were working in 12 different industries they, they, they didn't they hadn't really set, thought about this issue in terms of visibility for their customers but most of their employees were in the wrong industry so we aligned all of the profiles to be in the same industry we had some common language and a couple of paragraphs of text which were consistent across all of their profiles which helps a little bit in terms of you know search visibility within linkedin and beyond linkedin you know, they, the, 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 the work has evolved from, um, firstly, from more lengthy interventions, if you like, to shorter ones. And also, uh, companies are now becoming more aware of it, and they're investing on behalf of their employees in doing better things on LinkedIn and, and using it more effectively. I so, think that's, that's a, a wonderful um, occurrence, because I think many companies don't perceive correctly that their employees, their staff are their, are their brand ambassadors. Sure. And sure. By investing not only in themselves as a company to have a learn how to use LinkedIn, but also to encourage their staff to also want to use LinkedIn too, and to have a, a nice consistent brand throughout David, in the time we have together, most definitely want to let our let our listeners know if they want to find Dr. LinkedIn, what's the best place to do that, to learn more about you and your work? Well, go to drlinkedin.com, or you can find me on LinkedIn, obviously, as well. There's a company page for Dr. LinkedIn, so you know, simple typing of Dr. LinkedIn into uh, LinkedIn search engine should surface me. Or obviously they can just look for me under my name, which is a little bit difficult to spell. It's Petherick, it's P-E-T-H-E-R-I-C-K. If you Google me, you'll find that I kind of dominate the results there because you know I've, I've been online since the last millennium. <laughs> I'm a dinosaur, but I've evolved quite quickly. Oh, yes. Listen, I, I, I really uh, appreciate you know the time you're spending with us before 
you know, I, I, I bid you a good night because I know it's probably eight or nine o'clock in the UK right now. Uh, we have a, a little um, piece at the end of our show. We call them Insights to Go that we love our guests to, you know, share something, a book, an idea, a quote, a success tip, something that they feel our listeners should want to know more, learn more about. So what would be your uh, insight to go for our listeners? I think very simply, it's uh, uh, be original and um, don't go for a convention to describe yourself. Uh, go for a unique way to describe yourself because uh, everyone's unique. And a lot of people fall into the trap of describing themselves on other people's terms. Um, and I think that's a big mistake because um, everyone wants to work with individuals. Uh, nobody wants to work with descriptions or, or categories or types. Um, so I suppose if I was to summarize it, it's just uh, be yourself and um, don't be tempted to uh, water your character down or water your personality down just because you see other people tend to be doing that. Uh, you've just got to be proud of who you are and, uh, you know, be proud of your differences as much as anything else. Fantastic. David, hang on for just a minute while we sign off. Folks, there you have it. David Petherick, Dr. LinkedIn. We're going to put his contact information on our website so you can certainly check him out uh, on his website as well as uh, his LinkedIn URL. For my co-host, Randy Ford, this is Howard Fox. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there and have a phenomenal day. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.